listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, a podcast that you can hear uh, before this show on Blaze Radio Network or wherever you get your podcasts. So you went through a lot of the detail of this, of what you see coming here in the last segment. Yeah. But take out the detail for a second. Your, to boil your theory down here, we, oil is going to spike to levels that are incredibly damaging to our economy. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are going to continue to buy Russian oil, maybe continue, maybe try to buy Iranian oil. <laughs> We're negotiating with them right frickin now, the Iranians. That's and insane. by the way, it's not damaging our economy. It is the likely depression that we will go into and possibly the end of the West because of the economic catastrophe that is coming our way now, but other than that but other than that yeah. so listen i know everybody is i feel the same way you know me this audience at least knows me you know i mean <laughs> i see the suffering in ukrainian in ukraine <laughs> and the ukrainian eyes i see the decency of those people i see the willingness to be free nobody is standing up for freedom anymore we we're the last hope of the world okay i don't want those people to suffer and i don't want putin to win you cannot teach him that lesson but let's have the real conversation here the one that no one is having we have already set a price on helping the ukrainian people have we not for instance yes we're not willing to spend american lives correct Are you willing to go in? Now, ask yourself this question. Are you willing to go in with troops full force for the uh, Ukrainian people? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I mean, we've said no. Yeah. No, I'm not either. We've even said no to a no-fly zone. I don't don't know that any Americans want to do that. I I haven't heard anybody advocating for that. All right, good. So we've, we've already then established what we are. We're just haggling on price. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's yes. the truth. That's the it truth. Is the truth. We are haggling on price, and we say American blood, and quite honestly, treasure and security because of all of the risks on that. We've already said no. We've just done it too much, and right. we're done with doing it. Correct. And we don't want to get into a war with Russia. That's right. that is that's not just American lives. That's, that you're is talking Armageddon. Armageddon. That's okay. end of the world type stuff. Good. Mm-hmm. So again, right. if you believe in any of that. And, you know, or for your own reason, whatever your reason is, if you say, no, I'm not willing to send troops over there, you've had you've you've said there's a price to that freedom. Right. OK. Yeah. So that makes you not compassionate. If you believe that, that makes you already in the eyes of some. Yeah. And, you know, me, too. Not compassionate. How can you say that when the suffering is going on? So that takes that argument off the table. Take that emotional argument off the table. You mean you're not willing to do everything to save these people? No, clearly as a country, we're not because we won't send our own troops Mm -hmm. in to help them. Okay, so enough of the bullcrap of the emotional side. Now, let me ask you, we've already had one price established. You are not willing to send in troops U.S. troops into Ukraine. That's price number one. 
here's the other option that we are now going down without having the conversation. Are you willing to, within a year, face a depression, a depression, and possibly the complete destruction of the Western economy? Food uh, crisis like we haven't seen since the Dust Bowl. Are you willing to pay that price? Possibly you lose your job, you lose your money, and your family is struggling for food and energy prices that make it so you cannot really afford any gas because it's $8 a gallon. And I'm not talking about California. I'm talking about everywhere. Are you willing to pay that price for the people of Ukraine? I know this sounds horrible, but it has to be said. Are you willing to go through that? No. Well, we're, we're, but what brings that on? Well, hang on. Just answer the question here. Yeah, first. no. We, no. you know, we are obviously have to prioritize our own people, right? And, Correct. And, mm-hmm. and so we do not have uh, a, we're not part of NATO. They're not part of NATO. We don't have an agreement to defend them. Mm-hmm. We can help them defend mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I think our role is here, mm-hmm. if there is one. Which if you're a conservative, the answer is very easy for you because you believe in the lifeboat theory. You, it was horrible, but you had to, if you were the Titanic and you were in a lifeboat. Now, this isn't the same necessarily if there were three people in the lifeboat. <laughs> right, right. But if you were in a lifeboat and it was, it was filled, you can't go back and get more people. No matter you're listening to their screams and it's horrible, but everyone will drown. That's why we believe in border security. We can't help the rest of the world if we drown because everybody's coming here. Right. Okay. So it sounds like it's not compassionate, but it is rational compassion. Okay. You can't kill yourself trying to help somebody else. And it's not as, as if we're not doing anything here. We're, we're doing a lot. Okay. Here's what brings this on, Pat. The world revolves, the entire, we learned this in 2008, the world revolves around $100 a barrel oil. It can handle spikes. It can handle 120 as long as there's an end to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the, 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 as long as it comes back down to 60 or yeah. 40. So the, the, the collapse in 08, the last straw to break the camel's back and let me ask you this question. Do you think we're stronger today than we were in 2008? No. You? No. Okay. So what the straw that broke the camel's back on our economy in 2008 that they say, and I believe, would have tanked the Western banks and economic system entirely. That price was $140 a barrel sustained for how long? few weeks couple weeks yeah not very long yeah all right Mm -hmm. we by cutting off oil right now and remember we're all saying we gotta really hit them we're already at a hundred dollars a hundred and twenty dollars a barrel okay already at a hundred and twenty dollars a barrel um and we are currently negotiating with iran to supply the world with the 10% of oil the world needs. Let me ask you this question. 
who is more dangerous to the American homeland, the American people, the American way of life, Vladimir Putin or Iran? Um, I think you believe it's Iran. Um, uh, a, a, no, let me rephrase mm. it. A fully financed Iran. Over a long period of time. I think you would, you may turn the tables to Iran, but with 13,000 mm-hmm. nuclear weapons, I still think Vladimir Putin's a bigger risk. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. A bigger risk, um, but he is, he has not been hell bent on um, wiping out the American way of life. We have had him in a cage yeah. now, yeah. lately. Right. And this is the know. question. Has this turned, Correct. has he turned over a new and leaf? And that's what everybody is saying. This is not the Putin of five years ago. Okay. You keep hearing that. So let's say we cut off all their oil. We collapse. Uh, and maybe Russia collapses. But we don't take Putin out. It's just a disaster. Nobody has nobody has any money. We've collapsed the banking system. Mm-hmm. You still have Putin in Russia, and you have a richer Ayatollah in Iran, and you have the Western world begging them for oil. This is not a good scenario. We haven't made anything mm-hmm. better no. by that, okay? Uh, we just have to have the discussion here because everybody is pushing for crazy things they're pushing for let's do a no fly zone are you out of your mind that could end in nuclear war Mm -hmm. to save the um, ukrainian people are you willing to be in a war where one nuclear missile is launched against the united states oh god no of course not nuclear missiles no yes no no so were you willing to fight for them and do a no-fly zone if one missile is launched to Poland? No, I, no, no it no. doesn't matter, right? No, no. One missile launched to, Ru- to Russia in Moscow. No, the answer is no. We don't want nuclear war. Let's start looking at the actual consequences and stop looking at it like fat Americans who are like, <laughs> We control the world. We got all the power. We don't anymore. That has changed. It can change. I will listen now. Now that I'm looking at what's happening and I figured out that missing piece. Remember, I'm like, wait a minute. Something's wrong. What's wrong is it's a trap. You are dealing with Marxist revolutionaries that are running this country right now. They want to collapse it for their own Marxist reasons, but you also have the Great Reset that wants a collapse so they can reset and have it collapse right into their arms. Okay? You have forces inside the house wanting this collapse. So are we going to go along with it? The only way we the only thing we should be saying is Open up the oil fields and the gas lines here in America. Mm -hmm. You cannot do these kinds of sanctions and shiv yourself at the same time. We are empowering. uh, We are empowering China. Who's the winner in this? China. China. You look at who we're empowering in the Middle East. Iran. And why? 
because of some effing idea that we're going to get off all petroleum to help heal the planet there will be nothing left of the american and the western society unless you open up not the strategic reserves that's the craziest thing i've heard you're on the brink of world war three and you want to take our military strategic oil reserves and just pass it out so we can go to the movies so we can have a, uh, an extra two days oh my gosh <laughs> that's crazy. It's like two days i mean it's not even a good idea when normal times are going on but when you're in a situation where war is is already breaking out and we have (sighs) allies one border away from where missiles are flying so it's an insane idea so i want the ukrainian people to know i am with you i am with you i would collapse russia and uh, iran so fast with oil if we weren't killing ourselves. But I'm sorry, Ukraine, until the people in this country stand up and absolutely at the gates of the White House demand that we open up our own reserves, we cannot help you. We cannot help you. What does that mean, you can't help? We We can't. What do you mean? We're going to do nothing? I mean, we're already doing stuff. We are on the road to destruction. But but the the issue with helping Ukraine is not. Look, you're right. Compassion is compassion, and I love compassion. The issue we can't shut down all of Russia's oil. I know it drives me crazy. Listen, I was for shutting down Russia's oil. I've been for it, but now when I see the missing piece, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Here's what's wrong. It's a trap. That's what's wrong. We cannot do that. We can supply them with arms. We can supply them with food. We can send over doctors. We can whatever they need. We can do that. But we cannot collapse ourselves and put ourselves in their position ready for God knows who Iran or China just to take it all. No, no. This government is not on the right side. And when I say that, I don't mean the Iranian people, Ukrainian people. What I mean is that they are on the wrong side of the American people until they secure us first. No, 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 that makes me very unpopular, but that's what needs to be said today. People didn't like you last week either. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I am surrounded by a new family of people who have their life back because of Relief Factor. Uh, I'm one of them. I was uh, uh, in pain and got to the point to where I just I couldn't do it anymore. I, <laughs> did anybody else feel like, you know, I just I can't get up another day? Mm-hmm. Um, we have our life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a television commercial. It's, uh, it's a group of real people with real results that had real pain. Try it yourself, Relief Factor. This guy when he started, completely bald. Look at him now. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for your hair, <laughs> but, it, but it will help you get out of pain. Give it a shot, try the three week quick start. Doesn't work, move on. But we're here to tell you it works. ReliefFactor.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome. 
Mr. Michael Malice. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you, Glenn? Well, I'm uh, I'm not as good as you are, quite honestly. I know your dad has business in Ukraine, and he is out. Correct. Yeah, that's it. Was good to hear. Um, yeah. It was it was a very, very disturbing news. Uh, you know, I was born there, as you know. My whole family is from there. We got out in the '70s, and I got a call from my sister. And I think when people see headlines. Uh, it's a lot different when it's something that is personal, oh, you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was making his way west. Uh, we're from Lviv, which is the furthest west, you know, major city in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And my dad is not a very nice, cuddly person. Um, <laughs> I've never seen him. I mean, as you can imagine, given the spawn that he created. Um, and I've never seen him cry. I've never even say he's been upset by something you know what i mean not because he's a tough guy he's very sarcastic and eye-rolling and he was telling my sister that you know he's on this train car and there's all these moms with their kids and the kids are all crying and he's sitting next to this little boy who was crying that they're gonna kill my dad they're gonna kill my dad and you know it, it broke him up and when you hear things like this i think that's you know the most important thing in a situation is you know, you know, there's all these information and misinformation going on the media. But what we do know is there's a million people who are correctly fleeing war. And, you know, that is where my thoughts are with. Michael, what did you learn from your dad, if anything, um, that might differ with the highly censored news that we're receiving? Um, I don't know that he would have any particular perspective as to what's going on in the news other than the fact that, you know, the people are, we're hearing a lot of this like counter propaganda. They're like, Oh, it's not that bad. They're not targeting civilians. You know, that's just people beating the war drums against Putin. And that might be all well and good, but you don't have to target civilians to make civilians terrified, mm-hmm. understandably. You don't have to target civilians when a military is coming to seize towns. And, you know, when you're arming an entire population and, and you know, making it illegal for the men to leave, or at least very difficult, I'm not sure what the latest you know, principles are, and, and, you know, separating families with just a backpack on their back. So thankfully, what, I, what else, you know, he told my sister is, when they got across the border, they were being taken care of. There was food for them, diapers, you know, baby formula and, and whatnot. Um, so that is, you know, a little modicum of hope. But I got to tell you, you know, you know, I'm technically Ukrainian refugee uh, under far better circumstances. But, you know, this, the, when you're a kid and you see something like this, that's going to screw you up for life. For life. Um, Michael, uh, because you are a Ukrainian refugee and, uh, you know, your dad just escaped. Um, tell me what we should be doing. Well, I, I mean, he had the golden ticket, the American passport. So I don't think he was ever really in, in you know, in danger. We should. I, I don't know. You know, this is the thing. There, There's so much. Um, I don't know that this is a situation where there's any necessarily good guys what mm-hmm. we should be doing and what i did I, I raised some money yesterday on youtube 
um, for World Central Kitchen to feed people who are hungry who've been displaced in different organizations. That's what I'm focused on. But in terms of what's going on there, I don't understand Putin's end game at all. Because, you know, this goes back to Thatcher and the Falklands. You don't get to be the aggressor and then sit down and say, now let's have a discussion. That question was kind of resolved internationally in the early 80s with Argentina and the Falklands. Reagan, you know, was telling her, and Al Haig, the Secretary of State at the time, was telling her, let's sit down and talk with the Argentinians. And she's like, no, you don't get to discuss uh, peace after you've invaded. You, you remove your forces, then we can talk until doomsday. But after that, that is not the time for conversation. And I don't think that that's an inaccurate position. And Putin knows this is the international principle. He saw what happened at the UN when you have Iran and Israel voting the same, that that's telling you something. Maybe it's not something nice, but regardless, uh, he's not a stupid person. Uh, I, I don't see he's a KGB agent. So he's clearly a conniving Machiavellian. So, I mean, I don't think he thinks that he's just going to seize Kiev and everyone else is just going to shrug their shoulders and be like, well, I guess Ukraine is back to Russia now. Is it too crazy in today's world to think that perhaps uh, he believes he can outlast sanctions longer than the West can with the oil game? I mean, you know, oil has now hit $120 a barrel, 140 sustained collapsed us in 2008 um you know is there is there a chance he's thinking i can be the one to destroy the west and have them collapse before i collapse you know what i if i had to if you put a gun to my head and asked me what do i think he's thinking yeah i would bet that he's trying to get the west and especially europe distracted so that china pulls something because mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that China knew he, what he was going to do. Oh, he gave them the heads up. They, he, so, they said to him, can you just delay it until the Olympics are over? Yeah, exactly. So the fact that they gave him the green light and that they have designs on Taiwan at the minimum um, is very concerning to me. And when, when Macron, who I don't particularly trust or like, uh, is telling us that the worst is yet to come, well, I don't know what that means, but it sure doesn't sound better. <laughs> and the french no misery you know the french no misery so i mean good food but everything else is miserable over in france um (laughs) um, michael how can we how can we help what was the organization you were giving to it was called world central kitchen um it's it's done by chef chef jose andre i think is his name and basically there's different places around the world where they, you know, feed people and just have cooks who give people a hot meal. Uh, so I think this is as apolitical and as, you know, basic decency as it gets. Uh, thank you for that. It, do you uh, do you have any other thoughts on anything other than uh, Ukraine? Did you see the president's speech? Oh, God, I, <laughs> I, I, I was at the gym, so I saw highlights. Uh, my thoughts are also <laughs> with the Iranian people. And he's true. He's right. Uh, Putin will never take the hearts of the Iranian people. I think that, I, you know, you, got, you conservatives like to attack the president and call him dishonest. But right. he's telling the truth. He was. The, he was. At an abs- and you have to give him credit for yeah, that. Yeah, you do. You, you do. Look. 
Although I think he, I think I think he's going for the hearts of the the uh, Iranian uh, Iranian people. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the Iranian people yeah. and the Jupiter people yeah. and the Saturn people <laughs> will never submit to tyranny, no matter how many moons. They have. Right. We have one moon, and I'm going to walk on it. I'm going to be the first president to walk on the moon. Jill, where's my walker? <laughs> Michael Malice, thank you so much. Michael Malice. Uh, Always a pleasure. You bet. Uh, the author of The Anarchist Handbook and host of the podcast, You're Welcome. You can find him at michaelmalice.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Justin, he is the editorial director of the Heartland Institute and editor-in-chief of StoppingSocialism.com. Hi, Justin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I think we might be on the verge of World War III, but, you know, other than that, yeah. everything's fine. Did you, know? you did you listen to hour one of this broadcast today yet? I have not. It was oh, hour you two. Bastard. Not hour one. Okay, so hour two, hour one, um, I kind of gave a warning, and I'd, I'd like to hear your uh, view on it i kind of gave a warning of uh gee uh we're shiving ourselves while we're also niving russia um and uh, explained what's coming and and i just i really feel that this whole russia ukraine thing to quote a very brilliant strategist it's a trap <laughs> and that's we're, my favorite strategist too. i know yeah. and we are really we're headed for real trouble if you missed hour number one go back and listen to it it is vital if you want to be ahead of things and and please if you have friends who are awake tell them to listen to the podcast or to the show so they stay ahead things are moving rapidly justin yeah uh, go ahead yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think that the more I learn about what's going on, and, and I felt this way throughout reading Alexander Dugan's book, the more convinced I am that there are no truly good sides here. I mean, in a way, I, I think the people of Ukraine are fighting for their lives are heroes, without a doubt. But the Great Reset side is not the good guys. No. And Russia and Vladimir Putin... They're not good guys either. Yeah. We're dealing with lots of tyrants here. So here's the here's the thing that I think if people can understand this, they will get it. This is not an American issue. This is a this is happening all over the world. For instance, the Chinese in Hong Kong, the people are the good ones. It's their government that is squashing everyone and controlling everyone. Same thing with Putin, Putin, the people are rising up. The people are uh, rising up against him in Ukraine as well. The people in France are rising up saying there's too much control here. The people of uh, Brexit did the same thing. The people of Canada, the people, the people get it. It's the elites that are all going for either international socialism, the Great Reset, or national socialism, Russia and China. That's, That's what's really exactly happening. Right. That is exactly right. That is the most important thing for people to take away. And this, this has been going on for a long time to varying degrees and it ebbs and flows. But you can trace this all the way back to the 1800s. You can find debate. The early socialists, 
the first big fight they had was, should we have national socialism, which ended up becoming fascism, like Nazi, Nazism and Benito Mussolini in Italy and in Spain and elsewhere, or should we have international socialism? And that debate, to some extent, has continued on all the way to today. The arguments have changed a bit, but really what I think we're seeing today is a battle between elites, and the people are, cross, are, are caught in the middle of that. And the elites are the international uh, fascists, 21st century modern fascism, which is what we talk about in the Great Reset book, and then hardcore ultra-nationalist uh, uh, fascists who are focused on national fascism and building a coalition of nations and peoples that agree with that model. Neither right. side is good, and that, the people are caught in the middle. Right, because neither si- both sides will rule over the people, and they look at people as cogs, which if we get into the uh, book uh, from Alexander Dugan, I would urge any real thinking person to read this book. If you don't understand the concepts we're talking about, read my book, The Great Reset, first, um, because Dugan is very good at using language to try to get people scooped up into this this Russian movement. And it is extraordinarily dangerous. Um, But he talks about and I was glad to see in the first couple of pages, he talks about his great awakening is all to fight the the Great Reset, which, you know, he lays out a pretty good case against the Great Reset. But his problem is. that he is also fighting is individualism. He believes we have to have a collective view. So that's where America breaks away from any of this stuff that Russia is pushing. Yes, that's really important to understand. I think it goes back to what what we just talked about, where this is really a battle between elites with different collectivist mindsets. And individualism is is not, uh, he kind of, tries to make the argument that individualism has naturally led to things like the Great Reset. And I think that's completely ludicrous. That's Mm -hmm. not what has happened at all. And he acts as though there isn't any other option. It's either fascists or we're international fascists. Uh, It's it's one or the other. We're fascists either way, national or international. And he ignores that there's this whole other group of people. The book is incredibly insightful, but everyone who reads it needs to understand it's propaganda. That's what it is. It is designed to try to convince Republicans who lean towards Trump to join the side of Russia and China and Iran and Turkey. He specifically lays this out later in the book toward the very end, that this is the whole purpose of this. You guys have been screwed in America. They don't care about your values in the heartland. We believe in nationalism. We believe in defending traditional values. And you need to join with us to stop this international uh, fascism movement, because if we don't join together, we're going to be overwhelmed by it. And humanity is at stake, not just our societies, but all of humanity, the definition of what it means to be a person, the definition of gender and the meaning of the purpose of sexuality. All of this stuff is caught up in this as well. And it is a it is really in some parts brilliantly written propaganda in other parts he shows his hand a little too strong but yeah. if you get to the end if you read the whole book and you get to the end it's very obvious that this is a tyrant who's writing this advocating for essentially a world war no i'd say he goes past that but let me let me stop let me before we get there um 
I've, I've really had uh, conflicts this week because I have told people to read this book. And um, if I were if I were a fascist or if I uh, if I didn't believe in my audience and I didn't believe in people that they could figure things out on themselves, I would say we should ban this book. Get rid of this book. Don't read this book. It's very, very dangerous because it's brilliant. But if you are going to control your own life if you are if the american experiment is to survive you have to understand the most compelling case um against uh the great reset if you're going to survive you have to know what we're fighting that's why the great reset is there and that's why this book i'm recommending as well because this is this is putin's uh uh antidote to the great reset but it's the same system of oppression just clothed differently yes i think that this book especially when you get towards the end and he starts talking about uh what he believes uh, what what he and what other influential russians in government believe is the best path forward and how the only way really to stop the great reset you begin to understand, especially in light of the fact that this book was only published six months ago or so, you begin to understand what Putin is doing in Ukraine a lot better. I actually do not think that Vladimir Putin is, has just lost his mind I agree. Uh, and is just a crazy person. And I don't believe that he is doing this for power or money just in and of itself, because this doesn't make any sense if he's trying to do it for power or for money in and of themselves. I think this is about his legacy and the legacy of Russia and about ushering in this whole new radical era of, of fascism, of national fascism. And I think he wants to be remembered as the sort of George Washington type figure yes. that led the world toward yes. this new utopia that he imagined. Yes. And if you please, I beg of you. Um, listen to the first hour of this broadcast, get it on podcast, wherever you get your podcast, but listen to the full hour of the first hour of this broadcast podcast today, because I go into the arguments of what we should be doing. And, uh, you know, at the half hour mark, I, I'm, I'm, I'm establishing that we all have a price on the on the Ukrainian people, we all say most of us say we, we don't want troops over in Ukraine. So we've established a price. But then I give you a couple of other price tags that we are and will pay. And uh, it's actually a higher price than sending our troops over. Please listen to that because you're not going to get that information anyplace else. When you say um, and I haven't finished reading it uh, yet, the. Um, uh, the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset by Alexander Dugan. I haven't finished it yet, but when you say he is looking for a world war, you know, his real design on the books that he's written that I have read for the Russian people, he is talking about literal Armageddon. He is talking about the end of everything that is modern, bringing us back to the Stone Age. So is he yeah, is he I just think. presenting a world war here or is he as apocalyptic as he is in his other books? 
he, he, the way he frames it in this book is, and remember, this is written for Americans predominantly. Okay. So he's, he doesn't get quite as apocalyptic as he does in the other books. Instead, what he says is that this is going to lead to a, uh, an imperial awakening. That's the words that he uses where all of these different empires, nationalistic empires will rise up and will all be individually defenders of traditionalism in their own context. So Iran has its own traditionalism context, right? Like Sharia law. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Russia has its own traditionalism. And China has its own traditionalism. And America, you can be part of this too. You have your own thing, and we don't agree about everything, but you can have that as well. And so he sees, he calls on Russia to lead the charge to creating, ushering in this era of imperialism. That's the words that he's using. Um, and it's, it's totally insane, but he's suggesting that this is the way that we will awaken the world and prevent the Great Reset from taking hold. Now, this is, uh, this it's, is, it's also important to know that he is trying to destroy the West. So when you read this and he's like, America, you can do this. Remember this, his goal is to destroy the rat, the West and reset everything in chaos and through chaos. Correct? Yes. Yeah. And, and he, because he want what he, he believes that we've all gone way off the track and he starts right off. We have at the very beginning saying individualism is the problem, right? right. Individual rights is the problem. And we need to blow all of that up and realize that only if we have a strong man, imposing traditional ideas can we get back to what the world should look like and he goes all the way back prior to the protestant reformation and talks about how we went off the track even before that because uh the protestant reformation led to this concept of individual rights he wants a radical collectivism and traditionalism not in a marxist kind of way necessarily but in a a fascist way, yeah. he really is a nas- a, a fascist. In, yeah, in he says in other books he has said that the only problem with Hitler is he didn't go far enough. Look, this is uh, this this program. You know, in the coming weeks and months and however long we are on the air, this program will separate the men from the boys. Uh, this program is not really designed, never has been, for people who just want to play politics. Um, this is to talk about what's really going on, um, discuss all kinds of ideas and look at things from all angles, but with the understanding that you are smart enough to figure things out, that you will take this information and you will do your own homework and we will correct ourselves when we're wrong. I'm not, uh, I'm not ashamed to say I make mistakes. Of course I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But we have to do our best. If you're really interested in looking at what's really going on and you have a Bill of Rights perspective, that's my that's my base. God and the Bill of Rights. If you have that perspective, you're at home and uh, there's a lot of information that you will need that you won't get anyplace else. Justin, um, I'm going to go out uh, on a place that. uh, my producers probably would say I shouldn't, uh, but I am very concerned about the influence here in America um, because there are people who understand this. 
Donald Trump is not one of them. But Donald Trump uses the same kind of language, but that's just because he believes in America. But advisors to him, who are no longer advisors, for instance, Steve Bannon, he knows Vladimir Dugan. He has signed treaties, uh, you know, or, or partnerships with uh, Dugan in Europe. How dangerous is this to not understand what's really being said to the full extent by somebody who is a capital T traditionalist. Yeah, this is absolutely vital that people get this. It, it would be so easy to fall into this trap that Dugan is setting. And that's exactly why he wrote this book. The whole purpose of it is propaganda to convince Americans. To under, and I've been hearing from people who I've known for a very long time, really smart people who, who especially prior to this invasion, just prior to it with Putin, were saying, pretty positive things about Putin, you know, always, you know, he wants to defend traditionalism and he wants yep. to do that. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's a ploy. What is he really all about? What are these people really fundamentally all about? And that's why you, if you're going to read this book, you got to read it all the way to the end because yep. what you realize is that yes, he's right about many of the problems with the great reset. No doubt about it. He gets a lot of that stuff, right? But what's his solution? So his solution is another form of tyranny. And that's the problem. So Justin Haskins, uh, co-author of uh, my book, uh, The Great Reset. Thanks for being on with us. I, I will tell you, in reading it last night, my thought was, yeah, you know, same problems happened in the 1920s and 1930s. And people said Hitler's got a remember, Hitler was Time magazine's man of the year in 38 in a positive light. People said, yeah, he's got answers and they're good. No, read his book. He also has some significant problems. That's what this book is. This book is the modern era Mein Kampf. Na, 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 na.